Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. There's desperation and anguish. More than 80,000 Afghans have since arrived in America. But this story is still unfolding. I'm Andrea Smartin. In my new podcast, Stranger Becomes Neighbor, we'll find out what happens to these new arrivals in our communities. Who would help our newest neighbors? Follow us at kslpodcast.com, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Let's get moving with Maria. Inspiration to spend a few minutes each day to get moving on the small things that can make a big difference in your life. Thank you for joining us today for Let's Get Moving. Today we're going to talk about positive psychology, how the way you think can really change how you feel. And with me is Dr. Trish Henry Barris. She's an assistant professor in positive psychology at the University of Utah. We're all striving to be happier. Dr. Barris, what are some things we can think about here? Um, how does our the way we think really change whether we are happy? Well, it's a choice to be happy. And so many times we don't think that. We think other people make us happy or externals make us happy. But happy people focus on the positive things that happen in their lives. And the negative things that happen, they push to the side. And they're proactive. And they think, I can make this change in my life if it's going to make me happy instead of wallowing in the things they can't do. Okay, so how do we do that? Because it's easier to say than that yes. than to actually do it. Yes. Well, it's just the little things. It's focusing, positive psychology focuses on the strengths and not the weaknesses of the person, what you are and what you're not. And so I think, again, in the world today, we're always focusing on the weaknesses, the things that, that we're doing wrong. And we can see those very readily. But the positive, sometimes I'll have people come into my office because I'm a therapist as well, and they will, they cannot mention or say any good things about themselves or the strengths that they have. They downplay them because they think they have to be perfect in something or it's not a strength. And that is not the case. And so it's looking for those things and being aware of those strengths in yourself and actually even listing them so that you can see how they are affecting your life every day. What is it about human nature, and maybe it's more in women than men, that makes us seek to be perfect when it's unattainable? Yes. It's just, again, I think it's the way we women think, but women, but men as well. But women tend to be have to be a little bit more in control of their lives. Instead, men don't as necessarily as women do. But it's just something I think that's inbred. I mean, women, we think about things from certain ways and 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 we have circular thinking instead of you know okay this is one thing i can work on and i'm going to work on this we keep going around in circles about all the things that we're not it's interesting we had a receptionist here and she was the most positive cheerful person and one day i learned that a few years before her son had died by suicide oh. mm. and i had no idea that this person had suffered something so painful. And I I couldn't even believe it. Honestly, I just thought, how could this person just be so cheerful and happy and make others around her happy all the time? Mm-hmm. And I think sometimes we just think, oh, they their life is just perfect. And we don't realize we all have negative things that happen to us. And when we have negative things happen to us, it makes us miserable to dwell on those negative things. And so it's much better better to focus on the positive. I had a girl that was 14 years old that came in to see me one time, and she was so cute, but she was always so negative. And I said, you know, it's much more fun 
to be positive in your life. So she took that home. She changed her life that week. And that next week when she saw me, she came in and she was just beaming. She said, you're right. It is much more fun to be happy. It is. It is much more fun, even though it's so hard at times to think of those things that will make us happy. So take a minute, breathe. This one thing's happened, but look at the multitude of things in your life that have really gone well. Mm-hmm. Is that what you're saying? Yes. And sometimes, you know, there, there was research that was just done, and it talked about how we focus on the undeserved things in life that make us unhappy, the things that we don't, we don't deserve for to have this illness or we didn't deserve to lose that job or whatever. But if we will look at the unearned things that we have in our life to be grateful for, they outweigh the undeserved 10 to 1. And so it's looking for those things to be grateful for because they're there. We just don't see them. Right. You're not saying there isn't a time when you just need to be sad. Right. And that that's okay. Oh, it is okay to be sad, but it's probably not okay to stick there and stay stuck there. Right. So take that moment feel bad about whatever it is that that's definitely what you should be doing. We have to feel bad to feel good too, I right. would assume, right? Well, when we feel when we when we feel sad, it's important to to give credence to our emotions because they are important. If we stuff them, they're going to come out in some way. So it's being able to say, "Yes, this is how I In fact, I always tell people, "Write Write the negative. Write it. And it's not a journaling. It's a purging process. Write the negative. Say what you need to say. Feel what you need to feel on the paper. And then throw it away. And that is a really good, just a, kind of a little specific thing that we can do. My students at the U have to do this for 20 mm-hmm. minutes a day for a grade. And they love it after at the end of the semester because it cleared their minds. It helped them think in a positive way. And they, but they were giving themselves credence, their emotions credence, but they were also clearing themselves of the things that negativity does to our brain. Right. So if we have someone right now who probably would say, oh, my gosh, all this stuff happens to me. I just have to deal with all these things. Kind of give a description of treat them as if they were your patient and give them some counseling on to how to switch that around starting today. I would get them to say, okay, what are the unenforceable rules that Fred Luskin actually talks about? Unenforceable rules are things that you can't control in your life. You can't control that your the traffic is terrible. You can't control that Christmases should be happy or that being together with family is always a positive experience. It's those things you can't control. The problem is when we see ourselves Um, as being happy only if those things happen in our lives, because they're not going to happen. But if we can be happy, even though they're not. So looking for maybe three to four things that you're grateful for. Another thing that's really important is finding meaning in your life. And there can be a lot of different meanings. And each day we get up, what do I want to accomplish today? What is one thing that would matter to me? And so you focus on that. You focus on the gratitude. You focus on the goals you're setting. You focus on your relationships. In fact, number one in happiness and well-being of people is the type of relationships they have. And they can switch that up. Yes. They are in control of that. Yes. You can't control what others do, but you can control the way you feel about the relationship and what you do about the relationship. Exactly. Right. I remember I went to... uh, 
a counselor once when I was really young and I was like, my mother, she does all these things and it just makes me crazy. And he just looked at me and he said, you're never going to change those. You're trying to change things that aren't in your control. The only thing you can change is how you feel about them, how you are perceiving them and how you're reacting to them. The rest is not ever going to be in your control. Mm -hmm. And that's so hard for us because, again, we're kind of in this blaming society right now. It's always someone else's fault and not ours. But when we give up responsibility and blame others for who we are, we've lost control of us. We've given up our control to someone else. And that will never make you happy. Right. Talk for a minute about just little things that we do in our lives that make us feel better and help us attempt to be happy or reach happiness, whatever that level is. I don't know. Um, But I was mentioning to you that making my bed makes a huge difference. I feel like I'm in control and I come back and my bed's made and just ready for me, right? Mm -hmm. Yes. And it's something that maybe bothers you that if it's not done, and that could be you know, washing off the kitchen counter or doing the dishes before you leave for the day. Or it could be um, making sure all the blinds in your house are up so lights coming in. And a really small thing is smiling. Try smiling and thinking something negative. It doesn't it work. It doesn't work, does it? No, it doesn't. And that's something that we can all do is just smile. And when you smile, then other people smile back, which makes you want to smile more. And it's just something really little. Dr. Barris, anything that I haven't asked you that you would add? I would just say, again, being really cognizant of who you are and and being true to yourself is the greatest thing, again, that can help you be happy. If you're not true to who you are, you're just setting yourself up to be miserable. So that would be someone who's just trying to be something they're not. Exactly. That's what you're saying. Exactly. Living with integrity to yourself. Not letting others define you, but you defining who you are. Okay. Now we, I have to take another second there because that's difficult for yes. some people to define who they are. How do they go about that? Yes. It, it, the getting to know you process is hard, but being aware What are my strengths? What are my interests? Asking yourself simple questions like that. What are my strengths? What are my interests? What are my values? What do I need? Not as other people say I should or shouldn't need something, but what I believe that I need in my life. Sounds like there's a lot of self-evaluation in maybe just asking yourself, what am I happy? What is it that's making me unhappy? And how can I change that? Yes. So many times we put ourselves on automatic pilot and just walk through life getting things done that we have to do. But it's taking time, and that's where meditation, mindfulness, all those things come in, is taking time for ourselves and saying, am I on the right track? Am I doing the things that I want to do in my life? And if I'm not, I'm the one that needs to change them. I think this is probably the hardest thing for women, especially mothers, taking the time for themselves. Mm -hmm. But that is the most important. How can you be a good caretaker if you don't take care of yourself? Exactly. And if you're not taking care of yourself, what what message are you sending to your children? That, you know, they can't take care of themselves. I mean, we have to do things as a model and as an example for our children. And they'll say, well, mom could sit down and she can just, you know, read a book. Or she can go out for a walk. Or she can jump with me on the tramp. Or she can do some of those things. So I can, too. Right. Such an important thing. You know, we don't we model everything to our kids. Mm-hmm. And I know my mother, she worked night and day 
and I'm a great worker. But I did learn at some point in time that I'm not very good at taking the time to have fun and mm-hmm. relax. And at some point I went, what am I doing? Mm-hmm. All I do is work, you know, and that's it's great to be, you know, a hard worker, but you have to have balance in your life. You know, I always say, teach that there's a difference between pleasure and happiness. Pleasure involves the five senses. Happiness involves work, relationships, and other things. But pleasure can be a part of happiness. Relaxing and having fun is necessary for happiness. And you're right to be balanced because if you're not, you'll be off kilter just like a washing machine that's off balance. Right. You're like, something's missing. Yes. What's missing? And then you figure it out. Mm -hmm. All right. right. Thank you so much for spending a few minutes with us today. You're welcome.